Hello and welcome to another episode of Control-Alt-Delete. This is the podcast with me, Emma Gannon, interviewing brilliant creative people about the internet, careers and how we get through life, basically. So this episode I'm really excited to share. It's with Rebecca Holman, who's the editor of The Debrief, which is a popular online destination for millennials and she is the author of Beta, Quiet Girls Can Run the World, which is out August 24th, 2017. So full disclosure, Rebecca actually used to be my old boss when I worked at the debrief quite a few years ago. And it was so nice to catch up with her. And also she featured me in her book as one of the interviewees. So it felt only natural to have her on the podcast to talk about the book. So the book Beta, it takes a look at the two stereotypes of women in the workplace. You have the alpha boss and also the beta, who's normally stereotyped to be an assistant or a secretary or something like that. But Rebecca is an editor. She's very successful, but she also self-defines as a straight up beta type. So she definitely doesn't think of herself as an alpha But her book is so positive about beaters. It's about how, you know, these two stereotypes are really unhelpful, to be honest. And also, if you're a beater and you want to lead and be the boss, then you absolutely can. And I really love how the sort of subtitle of this book is Quiet Girls Can Run the World. So, yeah, Beta is a celebratory book. It's about collaborators, people who believe in being nice in the workplace, don't have to be the loudest or the shoutiest or the most powerful. And it's about work-life balance as well. So it's a brilliant book um, and it's very entertaining with lots of interviews from really interesting people about the role of women in the workplace today. So hope you enjoy this episode. It was really nice to catch up with Rebecca and talk about the book and I hope you enjoy it. Here it is. Thank you, Rebecca Holman, for coming on my podcast. Oh, thank you. Man. I like to say your full name you know, <laughs> so that people know. So I'm excited to interview you for two reasons. One, that your book is coming out. Yes. Beta, Quiet Girls Can Run the World, which is the best name ever for a book. It's so, it's, and the cover is bright yellow. Obviously, you can't see because it's a podcast, but um, keep your eye out for it because it's coming out soon. And the second reason, I guess, is because you actually used to be my old boss. <laughs> I did, yes. So it's quite interesting reading a book about being a boss when I kind of know you as a boss. My first question was, can we explain, before we go into it, what an alpha and what a beta is? Yes. So, my, um, I suppose to start with a beta, it's, that's quite easy for me to explain because I think I'm a classic beta. You know, there's no doubt in my mind. And actually everyone I spoke to about this said, yeah, you're really mm-hmm. beta. So I'm kind of pragmatic. I rarely lose my temper and raise my voice. Um, but I also, like when I'm running a team, I want this whole team to succeed. So it's kind of rarely about me being sort of leading from the front and, you know, taking the glory, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, I don't hate making decisions quickly. I like thinking things through, having all the information. Um, I hate saying no to people, which is probably not always a great thing. Um, and I, I basically want everyone to be happy. And I think that's quite, we're all quite classic beta traits. You're nice. I'm nice. <laughs> but sometimes I'm too nice and sometimes I'm a bit, I'm too soft, but I'm not, nor do I think those things make me a bad boss or a mm-hmm. bad leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you're alpha, I certainly don't think alpha's a bad thing or that I've had alpha bosses and love working for them and they've been absolutely fantastic. Um, but they're often um, more, more focused and more driven. 
Um, sometimes they have more energy, I think. Um, alpha women, alpha people are sometimes more dogmatic, so they they want something done a certain way and they don't really like compromising on that. Mm. Um, they might be more hot-headed, more likely to raise their voice or lose their temper, but not all the time. And I think often they'll really lead from the front and, you know, mm. might make it about them. That's so interesting because I was so honoured to be included in the book and I think you asked me if I thought I was an alpha or beta. And actually lots of people in the book aren't quite sure where they are because it's a scale, as you say. Yeah. But then looking back and also reading the book, I think you defined me as an alpha. I th- yeah. And it made me kind of... It was so interesting to, to know that because actually there's been a few things that I've had to confront in the way I work. I don't actually like working with people. <laughs> I, I mean, it's like... <laughs> it's something that is kind of frowned upon. But honestly, like, I just love working by myself. But I think, I think you could be alpha and be a team player. And, mm. um, and I enjoyed working with you. I thought you... you know. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, I can also imagine if you are quite alpha that you like to be able to just do it yourself, make your own decisions, not worry about, not worry about bringing other people along with you which is a really, like, beta train. Mm. Like, I lose sleep over that. Right. Well, if not everyone's happy, they've all got to buy into it. And which is why you were such it. a good boss. But then also I loved as well um, the example you used about the meeting. I'm the person that's shouting my ideas out <laughs> and being like, listen to me, listen to me, and probably just talking because I'm trying to f- kind of filter my ideas in the room, yeah. which can sometimes be helpful for ideas, but sometimes it's like you don't need to be talking all the time. And you were saying that you'd be the person that maybe doesn't say anything in a meeting. We're always told in business books, aren't we? Like, speak up and be confident and be out there. But actually, you were saying that you would go back to your computer, write a really amazing email, and then you would actually maybe sometimes even fix the idea, but you wouldn't have been vocal in the meeting. Yeah, and I mean, especially when I was younger. I mean, maybe, probably less so now, because I'm more likely to be the most senior person in the meeting now or one of the more senior people but certainly when I was like working on a bigger team and I was more junior um, or when I was on a team with lots of men as well they would all be talking the loudest and I'm quite um, I like to get to the end point and solve the problem so I'd just be sitting there and trying to work that out Mm -hmm. you know Um, but yeah I've sat in so many meetings where everyone's competing to be heard and nothing gets done or worked out or decided. The definitions of alpha and beta in your book as well, there's a lot about work-life balance in there. Yeah. And a sort of beta trait, what I got from the book is a beta trait is actually you kind of leave the office and you're not like hustling until midnight. Yes, and I think that's, so I, th- I definitely, in the book I mentioned that you, you know, because you're very, you've got a big social media presence and you're very on on social media. And as much as I know, you're, you know, you schedule stuff and you, you know, plan what you're going to do. And it's not that you're constantly on there. Um, I, you know, I see other people, you know, posting stuff on a Sunday night or kind of, you know, 10 o'clock at night still in the office. And I feel mm. bad and like I'm not like good enough or not doing enough. Whereas actually, getting in at nine, being really focused, doing exactly what you need and leaving at five is fine if that, you know, gets your job done. Do you think as well though that there's kind of like a backlash to the whole busy thing? Because I think, like you just said, if someone's in the office kind of saying, oh, I'm, I'm still in the office till 10, I think a lot of people now aren't impressed with that. It's kind of the opposite. It's like, yeah. why are you still there? Yeah, what are you doing? Like, 
I've definitely seen people like watching telly on the computer at work mm. um, when they didn't I could see their screen and then being like still there at eight o'clock bashing out emails um, no I don't think there's any I mean I've actually this week I've been really guilty of it I've just been running around going I'm so busy I'm so stressed but um, it took me ages to realize other people who are apparently running around and making a massive virtue of how stressed they were weren't necessarily better at their jobs than me mm. but I spent ages just feeling like God, what am I doing? They're the one, you know, they're being perfectionists. They're pushing it to the nth degree and I'm just kind of sitting back. And I think part of that is like, I'm not a perfectionist and I'm like, when it's done, it's done. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. I mean, even the whole book thing was like a classic beta me going, saying yes to like going along with it for a bit, then writing a proposal, but thinking, oh, nothing's going to come of this. Mm. And then the, the book happens and they were like, can you do it for the end of January? And I was like, okay. <laughs> And then just kind of freaked out and had to had to do it because yeah. I was just too scared to say, could I have an extra couple of months or maybe I need a bit longer on this. So it, I couldn't have possibly been a perfectionist doing that. How was that? Because actually I, I think back to when I wrote my book last year, I, I had a full-time job when I was writing that, which I'm thinking, how do I do that now? Yeah, I, I don't know how I did it. Like, I don't remember Christmas at all. Mm. I just sat in um, my um, in-law's... Um, attic for the whole of Christmas and like wrote and binge wrote yeah Bear's mum brought me quality streets and cups of tea Oh. and um but like I literally wrote like half a chapter on the drive to the Lake District and like the other half like up there and then another chapter when I got back and it was just every moment had to be taken up with writing it so it's quite intense yeah I really like it when people say kind of how they wrote and how it's not how you picture it it's not someone sitting there in a really nice room writing. It's kind of, sometimes it has to happen at the bus stop, in the car. It, yeah, Kind of it. emailing yourself little bits. It's not the most neat process in the world. No, um, I hurt my back doing it. I to go see the osteopath. Um, I think January when I was finishing off, it got a bit dark. I was quite like, mm. I remember just like my mum sort of telling me, you just got to enjoy the process. I was like, I just need to get it done. Yeah. Um, and it's looking lovely in hardback. Yes. Because I have the proof copy, which is paperback, but it still looks lovely. But it's very, it, it looks very grand. Yeah, I'm, I'm into it. Um, I'm, I love the cover. I was kind of, I think we were talking about going with something a bit more subdued at first. Yeah. And I'm glad we went, made it. Because I want it to be a celebratory book. Like, yeah. It's not, it's certainly not about pitching women against each other or saying, one type of woman's better than another. It's about celebrating the differences we have and how it makes us all like brilliant in what we do. Yeah. And makes women really great leaders. And I wanted it to feel quite like joyful and celebratory. So I'm glad I'm glad we went with the yellow and the pink. Yes, it's really cool. Because I am um, put it on my Instagram stories a while ago and loads of people messaged me being like, Oh my god, I need this. Cause I feel like I know a lot of women and men who are quite quiet beaters yeah and it just it was interesting that response because it felt like oh maybe they hadn't seen a book like this before yeah i mean um there was quiet by susan kane which was out in oh, america yeah. um but i think that is was that something about introverts can yes rule the world <laughs> <wasn't it? laughs> not exactly we didn't totally mix the, uh, tagline um yeah it was about how you know being an introvert in a world that won't shut up I think. oh that's a it. world that won't world stop talking, talking. Yeah. yeah um and that's that's really great but it's very american and i think that's i think there's been some similar things but they've yeah been quite 
American in their focus. And I think, you know, we've, there are diff certainly nuances in the way we work in the UK versus in the States and those things don't always translate. Mm. And I think being a beta person in a UK setting is probably quite a unique yeah. experience. And it's funny that it's, that you work in magazines and you've written this because I also think that's really cool because when you think of magazine editors, yeah, that's, I mean, I just think Miranda Priestley. I mean, this is it. Like, I think I, I mentioned Miranda Priestley so many times. It's like fictional <laughs> character that I'm never going to be. But if you like, and the thing is, some editors are, have that proper, like, and I can think of some and they have this amazing like legend status and they are inspiring and legendary and loud and like incredible and really big personalities but I'm just not that but it doesn't mean I'm a bad editor it just means I'm different mm -hmm. and we have really different skills and um, when I stopped worrying that I was the wrong type of person to be an editor and I actually just looked at what I was what was in front of me and what the job was I started to enjoy it so much more mm -hmm. because before that you can't fake really fundamental aspects of your personality for long and I think trying to makes people really unhappy so that's so true because in job interviews you know when you're kind of scared to be yourself sometimes but actually it's better to kind of be yourself because then when you get the job you haven't pretended to be someone else yeah that's it and I'm certainly thing is I probably like actually in a job interview um it's like my driving test it's the only time in my life I've driven really well for like an hour like mm -hmm. in a job interview I can actually be quite confident and quite decisive um, because I know it's for a short, specific period of time. Mm -hmm. So actually, I probably do come across as more um, alpha in a job interview, mm -hmm. I would imagine. Um, but trying to do that every day would just be exhausting, mm -hmm. make yeah. you miserable. It's, it's cool when you can tell someone's written a book that they would have wanted to read. Yeah. Because it feels like this is the book that maybe, I don't know, five, ten years ago, you could have been like, oh, that would have been useful to know that I'm not <laughs> bad at my job. It being different. Yeah, it would have been it would have been useful to really useful to read. But I also think a bit of me when I was like, I don't know, twenty three, I might have read that and gone, Well yeah, but this person they obviously are okay at their job, probably doesn't apply to me because maybe I am still mm. bad at it. And I think it's that like I hope it is useful and I hope people read it and it kind of it something clicks in their head. But I also think that kind of imposter syndrome idea can be so insidious and so like deep-rooted that it doesn't always um we don't always realize it applies to us well because it's because i would never have looked i would never have known that you thought that about yourself until you wrote this really because you know when you look at someone's cv and it's like all of your amazing achievements and like writing column for the telegraph like all these things you don't look at that and think oh she would ever worry about being bad or something I get, yeah, I guess. But maybe that's a beta trait to be a bit more open as well. I think so. There's definitely a line in the book where I say it's not that an alpha woman never has any insecurities, it's just that she would never show her weakness, and a beta woman is constantly revealing hers. Mm. And like sometimes I do it as a deflection or to get in there first or to make someone else feel comfortable. But I, I do it all the time. Mm. Like, and I've got, but actually, that in itself is quite freeing. Being able to say I don't know or I don't really understand mm. this and not feeling bad about it. Yeah. Because sometimes when you do that, someone else on the email chain then goes, oh my God, thank God. <laughs> I have no idea what that acronym meant either. Yeah. I've got no idea what that person was talking about and everyone else was just sitting there 
that's so i know what you mean it's like thank thank god that they asked because i was thinking exactly the same thing but i would never show that i didn't know yeah yeah but it, you know the whole work-life balance or merge thing i was thinking there's a lot of alpha colleagues i've had in the past where i didn't really get to know them very well because i felt like maybe there was a bit of a barrier up yeah um whereas i know f- for example when um at the debrief when when i was there um we were all really close and I wondered, is that something that you like? Or is it something that sometimes you feel like people know you too well? I know that obviously some, like people from work go to people's weddings and things, that's normal. But does it sometimes feel like you, you're letting people in a lot? No, because I think for me personally, I find it more stressful to keep people out. Mm. But that's also a really individual thing. Um, but I find, so when I first maybe started doing the debrief or maybe before that I was always the same age or at the same life stage as my team so we socialized loads and knew everything about each other um, and I was probably actually really unprofessional <laughs> like millions of levels but now because I'm slightly older that's changed the dynamic but there's not much I don't share with the team mm. like really they know like they probably don't want to know <laughs> a whole bunch of stuff I share with them um, but it's just it's easier for me and it's less stressful mm. and um, it makes I think it makes it easier for everyone to communicate yeah but if there's someone who is a bit more shut off or doesn't like sharing I don't know maybe they find that really stressful mm. and maybe me talking about my period is like really too much for them although that was quite on brand at the <laughs> that was <laughs> like was really an idea for something yeah but no it's true because it's interesting that you are so open in the workplace, but then you don't share much on social media. So actually the balance is probably restored there. Yeah, I guess so. Because I don't, sharing a lot on social media doesn't come naturally to me. Mm. I think my agent wishes it would. Um, and maybe I should do more. Which is weird because I'm very open in real life. Mm. But I kind of, I find it easier to control people's response and be able to respond to that in real life. Whereas mm. online, it just feels like this huge amorphous thing. I know what you mean. I also feel like it's kind of, like you say, actually, I think it comes naturally to some people and it kind of, I know a lot of people who, they just kind of feel like they're forcing it and it's almost better not to bother in a way if you feel like you're really, really forcing it. But did you enjoy interviewing people for the book? Because how many people did you interview? Um, I I mean, dozens rather than hundreds, I'd say. Um, A lot face-to-face, which I loved. Um, but then I also sent out um, a huge questionnaire to um, dozens and dozens of women and got loads of responses. And that was really interesting because people passed it on to their friends and friends of friends and people in the States and people in the UK. And contrasting and comparing everyone's results mm-hmm. to them was great because you really got certain things like almost everyone had had imposter syndrome in some form or another, yeah. um, including, you know, insanely kind of senior people. Um, no one could say they're alpha or beta. <laughs> so um, interesting. Sort of, yeah. There's certain things that really stood out, and I really. But it was what. What also stood out for me was the really accomplished, confident, um, smart, stylish women that I know. Other people get like insane Instagram envy over who kind of said, "I lie awake at night, I freak out on a Monday night because of the thing I said in a meeting." Mm-hmm. You know, I've got you know. I, the, you know the people who talk about the Sunday night fair and the absolute panic of it or not feeling like they're good enough or mm. like they don't quite fit in and these are all people who I know are a so accomplished and doing such a good job 
and B, appear to the whole world to be like absolutely having it all together. Mm. So yeah, I found that really interesting. Yeah. God, it is funny that when you kind of know, maybe you've read something in a magazine where someone's admitted they have imposter syndrome, but as soon as you see something shiny on Instagram, you kind of forget and you're like, no, they're perfect. Yeah. It's, it's really weird. But are you um, doing any events or anything around the promotion or is there any way that people can, I don't know, be a part of it? Get involved. Yeah. Yes. So we are doing a debrief reader event um, in the, on the first week of September. Um, it's still all being worked out at the moment, but keep an eye on the debrief and we will be going hard on it. Um, and I'll be going hard on it on my own social media accounts just yes. to change the habit of a lifetime. <laughs> um, and that will be a conversation between myself and Vicky, the debrief's deputy editor. Amazing. So that's really exciting. Really exciting. Um, and we're potentially doing a Facebook Live event as well. Um, so that'll be broadcast on our Facebook page. Um, so anyone can tune into that. Mm. And potentially more stuff as well. But because yeah. I'm A, a bit beta and a bit disorganised, <laughs> it's all... Yeah, it's but it'll be on the debrief. Yeah. And how is the debrief? Because it's the destination that I go to personally when I need an opinion on something from someone sort of similar age to me just to kind of weigh up a few angles and then make my own decision especially with like politics and just like kind of pop culture and celebrities where I know someone would have written something really clever on what to think yay that's a great a great description for yeah. the uh, debrief it's it's doing brilliantly at the moment um we are doing some really exciting stuff we're re-looking at we did a massive investigation in January about um, the link between the contraceptive pill and mental health, mm. um, and we're picking that back up again. Um, we did a big campaign last year to get letting agents fees banned in the UK, oh, yeah. um, and again, that's rearing its head for various reasons. Um, we've got a few new campaigns and some sort of mini documentaries coming up, so mm. lots of really exciting stuff. That is so amazing. I saw all of the... Um housing, the renting, what was it called? Um, Make Renting Fair. Make Renting Fair. Yeah. Uh, got loads, loads of press, didn't it? Yeah, it was fantastic. And it worked as well. Um, letting agents fees were, um, ba the letting agents fees ban went through in the Queen's speech in January. So we changed the yeah. law. Yes. So we're like- Tangible. Yes, we're desperate IRL from a website. Yeah. So we're doing more exciting stuff like that. And do, do, do those ideas come from those morning meetings or is it very much kind of listening to the readers or how do you do you crowdsource things it's um a combination of like the renting thing is a great example of this like we know our audience rent we know it from our user research like um we also know it because they tell us um we see which articles do well you do stuff on renting it goes nuts um and also it's just personal experience the people on the team the people the freelancers our friends people we know who are you know living this life and these issues are coming up for them. Mm. So it's it really is a combination of all those things. Yeah, it's so important to have young people um, actually speaking about real issues. Yeah. I feel like there's so much out there still that's like talking about young people, but it's not from young people. It's really weird. That's it. It's got to be like, it's got to be a proper conversation. It can't just be us like reading stuff out there. Um, about what we think the world should be and not like not asking our audience's opinion or not expecting stuff back from them yeah and the debrief podcast is yes. brilliant I love it 
I obviously love Stevie and Tessa as well. They are amazing. They're and so I'm, funny. I'm seeing Tessa's show in Edinburgh next week. Oh, yay! And so, the Debrief podcast, if you wanted to plug it in some way, what would you say? The Debrief podcast, um, it's Tessa and Stevie um, talking about how to survive your 20s. Um, essentially, can I swear? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> essentially, it's how to get your shit together. That would be um, this week's episode is how to organise your life, and it's actually useful, and I need to use that. Um, and they're all amazing, and it's also like brilliant. If you haven't sort of subscribed, left a review, do all those things, and it's also just an amazing back catalogue of mm. stuff to listen to on your commute and like properly long. Yeah, and properly helpful. Yeah, because I kind of was like, oh, it's going to be really funny and cheer me up, but will it be helpful? And it's both. Well, because they, they, I think they, they take it in turns um, to properly, you know, properly research it. And um, Steve is our old staff writer, so. It's kind of approached like proper journalism and they're comedians, so it's funny. And I think that's amazing. Yeah, because was it sort of born out of the Ask an Adult feature that was ongoing yeah, beforehand? Yeah, not a million miles away from that. Yeah. Um, and we knew that franchise worked really well and people really responded to it. Um, I remember in the meetings, we'd, be, we'd basically put our own questions in. Yeah. I'd be like, so, my friend is asking about <laughs> <laughs> this niche problem. Why does white wine make me mental? I think that was all of them. Yeah, why does white wine turn me into a screaming banshee? Yeah, that, that always does well. <laughs> um, there's some really good work ones in there, actually. It's like, why do I always spend my money on weird shit I don't need and yeah. stuff like that? I tried to, I tried to get Stevie to do one once, saying, like, um, is, there, is there a god? <laughs> and then, like, she couldn't, like... Obviously, it was a bit of a big topic. And I was like, I'll just do one about cystitis instead. <laughs> That's literally like saying, Stevie, what's the meaning of life? Yeah, she was like, what? <laughs> do you ever have those moments still where you're kind of like, I can't believe this is my job? The topics we get to discuss and the weird stuff we get to brainstorm about. Yeah, I mean, even this morning, we were like talking about North Korea and conference for about 15 minutes. And then it was like straight on to Jennifer Lawrence and mm-hmm. Kim Kardashian tent. So... And like yesterday morning, it was really raining and miserable and Donald Trump had gone mad and all this stuff. And I sort of went in and did conference and it was so fun, even though the news was so terrible. Yeah. Just because everyone like had smart, funny stuff to say and like great opinions and it produced some fantastic articles. So mm-hmm. I think it is still. Yeah. yeah. I've been doing it for three and a half years. It's still amazing. And it's so nice to be able to have somewhere where you can go where, like you say, you can read something about North Korea and then you can read something about what lip gloss to buy. Yes. It's kind of, and then in America it's sort of Teen Vogue is like that for me. Yeah, Teen, yeah, teen Vogue has totally kind of taken up that mantle over there, which mm. I think is really interesting. Um, and it is all about the breadth because no one person only wants to read about really serious, stressful news. Mm. Um, and most people like want to read about lipsticks but also want to read about other stuff and it's having all that stuff in one place yeah obviously your book's coming out this year what else are you looking forward to this year i'm gonna have a big sleep yeah i'm excited no i'm going on a very delayed honeymoon in november to south africa oh my god lovely that'll be really nice um we the debrief is just gonna we're gonna take over the world that's i think the plan for that Quietly. Uh, quietly. <laughs> quietly take over the world in a really beat away. Um, and I think that's it. I've done a lot this year. I'm happy to just yeah see out the rest of it on a sun lounge or somewhere. I remember you being a really wise inspiration a while ago when I think I said to you something I was stressed out about and you were like, 
you, you know, it's, it's okay to kind of slow down a bit. Like you've got time. It was something along the lines of, you don't need to do everything right this minute. And I think your answer just then kind of summed that up as well. It's like, and you can do enough and you are enough and you don't always need to be on the little hamster wheel. Yeah, well, even when you asked me that, I panicked and I was like, oh God, I'm gonna make something up. And well, I couldn't think of anything, so. Which is why I guess that question, I, it's really nice when it's personal stuff as well. Doesn't yeah. always have to be achievements I'm, in the sense of the workplace. I'm actually, um, I'm going to take up gardening properly. I think decided that's going to happen. Mm. So I'll do a bit of gardening. Have you got a garden? Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so jealous. Should I put it on Instagram? Yes. A picture of my garden. Yeah. Just put a pile of your books in the garden. Take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've been to the garden centre three weekends in a row. Oh. I spent all my money in the garden centre. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. Back to nature. And you're like, my hand's too dirty to check my phone then, so it's yes. really like genuinely mindful. Genuinely switching off because yeah. you don't want to get crap all over your phone. That's it. So are you are you and your husband both beaters? I think he's quite alpha. Is it? really like, un, it doesn't appear to be on right, the first yes. meeting, but I think he probably is quite alpha. Do you think most relationships are an alpha and a beta? Yeah. Or I think I'd probably be more alpha if he was more beta. Mm. I know what you mean because it's almost like you have to balance each other out to make things work yeah. in a way. Like who's gonna sort of do certain things that are quite alpha-y to make stuff happen? Yeah, like he definitely, like he doesn't make all the decisions but he drives things forward a bit more than I do because I get distracted or sort of mm. start looking at my phone or something. I think it works well if one of you, if you balance each other out without one of you ha having to change who you are. Because mm -hmm. you probably do, I thought, you know, if you're a beta person, you have to become more alpha just to make things happen. That probably gets quite stressful. Yeah, and I wonder with businesses whether it does make sense for someone to be alpha and the other beta because I've heard a lot of stories recently actually which is about two women, two very powerful women coming together and launching businesses. It goes a bit wrong. Yeah. Because you're clash, clashing. You, you need the person who's going to um, kind of make be up for the compromise and be up for making you know pu pushing the vision forward and someone else who's going to have the real drive and yeah yeah i think you do need that mix so what do you hope people are going to get out of the book this I, is actually my last question sorry okay no no it's fine <laughs> um i want to put an end to sunday night doom i think for everyone i love that that's so nice because it's the worst feeling and none of us should have it. Like, life's yeah. too short. Yes. An end to Sunday Night Doom. Yep. Let's end on that. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, Rebecca. Pleasure. Thank you.